This podcast is brought to you by Touch a Life. Hello everyone. My name is Rupa Sumku and I'm with the Touch a Life Foundation and Tal Radio bringing you an episode of Career Elevations. I have the proud privilege to introduce a very masterful and uh, well-traveled foreign services uh, personnel uh, that I have been floored listening to his journey of and this is none other than Gitesh Sharma welcome Gitesh thank you very happy to be on your show absolutely um often enough uh, we wonder how successful people got where they got and today i would ask you to share your journey with our listeners to be able to give them opportunities or pathways to consider for their own so somebody who would like to travel and understand the different uh, global ecosystems i think uh, should consider reviewing what uh, gitesh has accomplished so let me ask you what has been your educational background gitesh to get to where you are and we will then reveal what you have been doing for all of these years thank you so much for the nice introduction uh, let me be very candid with uh, not only you but uh, the listeners that uh, i was not i think a naturally successful person at least the way i began life and uh, i don't think i was all that uh, special in terms of uh, academics and uh, you know in our times we didn't have counselors educational counselors in india the way we grew up and you just saw what your neighbor was doing or your friend was doing so i kept changing from this to that and moving around and uh, never really successful in uh, in anything i did uh, attempt a bit of uh, chemistry zoology did a bit of bsc but ultimately i seem to struggle a little there so i uh, came into humanities and i did political science and international relations and again i struggled because uh, making the transition from science to humanities was challenging and uh, you know in exams you have to be very successful it's not knowing as much but uh, uh, at least in india you have to be successful in terms of grades and uh, i didn't really figure it out until uh, it was very very late but i did figure it out and uh, then it was matter of just uh, finding a suitable uh, job and uh, again i'll be very candid that uh, i know that uh, i didn't really think too deeply and uh, since i had didn't have a great academic uh, record i thought let me take the toughest exam in india where people from all disciplines come uh, you have doctors engineers and uh you know people from in every discipline and they're uh, competing for a coveted a slot in the foreign services or the administrative service so i said let me give it to all and one thing in my favor was uh, i did work hard i knew that i could work hard uh, you know i'm sorry to be saying this in this way but i i was very confident that uh, if i put my mind to anything i would succeed and uh, i think uh, it did work out uh, that way and uh, while uh, on the track uh, i thought more about foreign service and uh, and uh, i began to like what uh, it sounded like i didn't know everything because i didn't know anybody who was serving in the foreign services but uh, i read about it and i talked to a few people and uh, then uh, i got some ideas uh, so it was just a kind of do or die and i do believe that hard work is everything and uh, man with a very modest background but even i was confident enough to crack it and uh, that's what happened 
Amazing. Amazing. I love the grit and uh, the passion behind trying out something new and uh, working and persevering through all your hurdles to be able to get to that optimal state of what is wonderful and what you like to do and what you would like to spend the rest of your life doing at large. Great. Fantastic. Let's go on to the next phase of your life. So where did your journey begin in the foreign services? And uh, tell us a few of your uh, narratives or uh, leadership that you have uh, shared uh, till date? Well, as part of uh, training, I was uh, admitted to Moscow State University. Uh, that itself was a very big uh, kind of achievement because in, it was uh, communism at the time. And uh, I think the communist uh, authorities did not want foreigners to mingle with their students. Uh, so uh, somehow at the Gorbachev uh, at times, uh, they uh, relented a bit and uh, we probed and we tried. And uh, that was the best, clearly uh, the best university in the entire country. So I was ad- admitted to Moscow State University. I learned Russian like a student. And uh, once uh, I was operative, uh, it was, uh, you know, after that, all the doors opened. And I must say that it was a you know, wonderful experience there. Uh, and uh, contrary to what I thought, very authoritarian, all, but they were very, very open to, uh, you know, having a foreigner in their midst and uh, teaching them. They must have monitored me very closely. And uh, I spent about two years uh, in Moscow working in the embassy. And at that time, things were uh, going in certain direction and uh, a lot of, uh, you know, kind of uh, troubles for Gorbachev, the leadership. Uh, and then I was offered uh, an opportunity to be consul general in Ukraine. And I would have been the youngest consul general in our service at that time. I just done wow. two years and and uh, one thought was it's a very lonely spot and, uh, you know, going there all the way. Uh, should I do it or should I try for something more kind of coveted, like, uh, you know, the Western locations that uh, are standard with uh, many people in India. Uh, but I said, no, something is going to happen. I don't know what. So I just went with my instincts. And uh, I had that uh, kind of uh, feeling that uh, I could uh, open doors, you know, because I was able to talk without an interpreter. I had learned certain Russian cultural uh, kind of uh, uh, habits so uh, the food and uh, you know the way they dress, and so I, in a smaller town, I could melt uh, more easily. In a port town, I could melt. So really, that my life began with that. And once the breakup uh, happened in '91, uh, then uh, we were very short of Russian speakers. So I was sort of flogged relentlessly. I was okay. sent all around. Uh, I did Belarus. I did Uzbekistan. In headquarters, I worked in Russia. So I became sort of a super specialist without wanting to be. But I, I didn't mind it really. Uh, you know, anything that you start learning, you like to take it to, you know, a certain level where you're considered and, you know, a specialist. So I did spend many years doing uh, Russia, but then I diversified, you know, uh, you know trying other stuff also. I spent some time in Hong Kong and saw the handover when the Chinese took over. I was there. And so a bit of East Germany also I saw when, when the wall fell. So so it started uh, giving my career a little more rounded kind of uh, appearance. That is not only a Russian speaker. And it's a challenge in any uh, you know any kind of service or any kind of new job. If you over specialize too early, 
then uh, sometimes it's difficult to accommodate you elsewhere. So for promotion purposes, you like to have a little wider kind of exposure. So you can be more easily accommodated in different locations in, in the organization. So I guess the uh, rest of the career gave me a little more balance. Wow. It is so amazing that you're able to speak about the different historical milestones that all of us have read. You've been part of the history. That's fantastic. As you talked about multiple doors opening up, I could almost picture a James Bond movie with the 007 opening up the doors and you entering the various opportunities. But what is so important for me to call out here and that I noticed uh, within your uh, different pivots and your career path is that you seized the opportunity. You kept conscious decision-making in your own strengths to determine the next steps as you diversified from Russia to Germany to Hong Kong and so forth. What uh, do you believe is the inspiration or uh, the sponsors that you sought after in order to get this momentum uh, to your career? Or did this all happen way too naturally for you? I think uh, there were you know, people who inspired me. And uh, your first uh, boss is always uh, a role model for you. Mm-hmm. And we had uh, a legendary ambassador in Moscow. And uh, if I can share a small anecdote, that on day number one, I entered his room, rushing that there's a problem. And uh, he said, get out, get out of my room. And uh, I just couldn't understand. I thought he's talking to someone else. He said, no, I, you get out. Then uh, he said, look, you're new. So let me explain. If you come to the ambassador, it means there is a problem. Otherwise, why, why would you come? But when you come to ambassador, come with three solutions. I will choose a solution. Mm. So that uh, sort of uh, right in the beginning to get that kind of uh, Message. It was not comfortable in that room uh, with somebody so senior and distinguished. Uh, he's the legendary kind of ambassador in our system. And uh, then uh, I, but ever since that, uh, you know, any issue, it's difficult for me to think there's no solution. I mean, I look back every time, you know, I, I try to go around or some way to crack it. Uh, so it made uh, me, I think, uh, a little more positive in uh, dealing with was a situation which others might have thought impossible. Uh, so it had a great uh, impact on me. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's such a great thought. You've shared two critical key learnings of your life that I hope to highlight here. First is uh, you can do what you aim to achieve. Working hard is the second coveted thought process that you've shared with us. And the third one, never go with just the problem, go with solutions as well. So those are amazing. So let's kind of talk a little bit about your personal upbringing and your family influences. So as much as uh, we have to have the sponsors at work and the mentors at work, you also have your family and your um, family structure that uh, helps or um, persuades you to take on path that you have uh, achieved. So is there anybody in your life that has uh, steered you to this direction? It's uh, difficult to pinpoint in that way, but I came from a middle-class family and uh, uh, I would say that in, in, in India, you could even say upper middle class. My father did uh, civil service uh, himself. Uh, so in that sense, I had uh, you know some uh, experience at home to see, you know, and uh, life was tough because uh, 
for all the civil service uh, work that he did, uh, you know, money was never enough. I even went to a boarding school and uh, even uh, I studied in a college also for some time in a boarding. So uh, as you grow older, particularly I suspect boys, but even girls, let's not discriminate. I won't discriminate. Uh, but at that time, you know, it's difficult to take money from home or ask for money when uh, you know your uh, family struggling. And uh, so uh, I think that was one thing which kept me uh, going. The thought that, uh, you know, I did get a scholarship at one time and I was so happy to write to my father that uh, I don't need any money from you. And <laughs> yeah, so, and uh, I think, uh, and uh, he did uh, say that, look, I'm a father, so why should I feel uh, bad about it? But I said, no, but I just uh, feel that I should tell you I don't need money. I, I repeated the sentence. So in that way, uh, you know, I think it's a pride, personal pride that as you grow older, that uh, you need to be on your own feet and, uh, and not, uh, you know, be dependent in a way that causes them trouble. So I think that is what kept me going. Awesome. Awesome. So if you were to reflect back on your journey and your career so far, what would be some of the things that you would remind people to repeat and make that successful quotient for themselves as well? Well, I'm now in my 60s and uh, I met uh, a lot of people uh, not only in uh, India, but uh, elsewhere, and not only in English-speaking countries, but uh, in non-English-speaking countries as well. So, uh, uh, to be honest, uh, I don't know what talent is, uh, you know, what intelligence is. I know hard work. Uh, you know, there are people who say that I achieved this, I never worked for it. Uh, but uh, I find it difficult to believe, having myself reach... Uh, certain point in life, I know what the number of hours uh, you know, that went into uh, this kind of so-called success, which some people you know, find it inspiring. But uh, uh, I think uh, hard work is everything. But there must be some talent, intelligence, but I don't know, really. And so uh, I think if you set your mind on something, there's no halfway. You know, it has to be full distance. You have to go in every way. And uh, I used to tell myself that, okay, if you work uh, today and uh, tomorrow you can enjoy. But when I reached the next point, then I again told myself the same thing. So I'm not sure whether I really, uh, you know, sort of let my hair down and enjoyed the way that I kept telling myself I would. Because you, once you reach a target, you have a next uh, kind of goal ahead. So you tend to, you know, your habits develop that way, that once you right. face success, you'll never want to be second best or you'll never want to fail so it's something like that happened that I started in a very modest way in life, in academic performance and all. And subsequently, when I saw the others, uh, what I thought was more successful, uh, then I, I must have felt that uh, I need to prove to myself, not to anyone else, that uh, I'm as good, you know. So it's, it's something like that which kept me going. Excellent. There's this concept of self-reflection to be able to propel and uh, um, project uh, your outer um, success and your inner uh, senses. And you have truly depicted what that means to all of us 
I'm sure the uh, folks listening in on this will be able to see that hard work, hard work, hard work has been your quotient. The second strength is keeping that focus, keeping that aim, keeping that goal in the right direction uh, will open up doors and you should never settle for anything second, as you called it. That's fantastic. Okay, on the flip of the coin uh, or the other side of the fence, what would be some things that you would change or do differently in all of these years that you have successfully accomplished? Well, I would have paid uh, more attention to examinations and uh, <laughs> uh, performance assessments at school, for instance. And, uh, you know, I would have been more sincere uh, in my efforts uh, through college as well. But uh, having said that, you know, somehow you felt, uh, you know, you were going overall in the right direction. I think uh, I did have a sense of uh, ethics and uh, morals. There were opportunities even to get good grades with uh, using certain other means as well. But I always told myself that uh, I have certain standards for myself and I must follow that. Uh, so I think credibility, uh, respect for yourself, these are all important things. And they served me well, I think, when I uh, moved into diplomacy. And uh, I served in all kinds of countries. Even Pakistan, I served three years. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, your personal kind of habits and your mannerisms, your conduct, mm -hmm. uh, people watch very closely. And uh, I think these uh, things, uh, in the end, uh, did help me uh, open doors, as we mentioned it a few times. Fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, I think, uh, to me, your patience, your um, humility and making sure that you are fitting into the ecosystem to make a difference is what uh, speaks volumes from uh, what you're sharing with us. And it's always great to have that one point in life to say, hey, maybe if I had studied well, I could have gotten further. But if you look back, I will take a few examples from my own life in the technology industry. If you talk about Bill Gates, Microsoft uh, founder, he did not finish college education. Um, you can go ahead and take uh, Larry Ellison, uh, the CEO and founder of uh, Oracle. Uh, he did not uh, finish up any of his um, education. Uh, at the later stage, he did go back and finish school, but he was uh, brought up in meager beginnings. Um, look at uh, Facebook. Uh, he dropped out of uh, college. So I believe that academics is definitely a great foundation. But now looking at uh, the world of hybrid learning, globalization, YouTube has become an institution or a university by itself for practical hands-on learners uh, or any of the other uh, mechanics that you can learn uh, and uh, receive knowledge from other people's experiences. So today you have given us such a great opportunity and a platform to think about what uh, folks can do and achieve. Is there any last message that you would like to share with our listeners on aspiring careers in foreign services or any other avenues that you think is untapped today? in your uh, area of expertise? I think uh, uh, there's a wide choice uh, today, which is not there when we were uh, growing up. Uh, I think you should take a serious look at uh, all those opportunities, evaluate each one of them, 
But having said that, foreign service is a great career. And uh, it's just the uh, thought of representing your country, the responsibility that comes with it. It's awesome. And uh, the other is to you know stand behind your, or ahead in front of the flag, or put your hand to the chest. Mm -hmm. uh, it's difficult to describe all, all that. And uh, you get to meet uh, people and uh, understand societies uh, in a, again, in a hybrid way as an insider and as an outsider. If you spend three to four years in any country, uh, I don't think you become a fully an insider, but uh, you get an insider's perspective without losing that feeling that you belong to another country and you're representing another country. So when I was in Russia, uh, and I knew that I was representing the Indian flag, but at the same time, I was learning about Russian or Ukrainian societies in a way that very few people, tourists or you know, businessmen once in a while going there would never kind of understand. So I think it's a, it's a fabulous career, but don't look at it uh, purely as a kind of glamorous kind of uh, job because people think of cocktail parties and <laughs> the other kinds of things. It's like a dashboard. And uh, there's a beehive of activity behind the dashboard. And then in front, you find everything smooth. You know, when two leaders shake hands, uh, the days of work would have gone behind the scenes, you know, very low profile activity, but to make that moment very special and very successful. So I think uh, every profession is to be respected. Every profession is worth considering. But foreign service is also a great job. So I really strongly urge you uh, to take a serious look at uh, joining diplomatic services of any country, uh, including United States of America. We always respect our colleagues from other countries. Fantastic. You gave me chills when you talked about representing the flag and raising your hand to your chest. I think it's the proud moment of that belongingness and being able to represent uh, folks in every state being uh, blended into the ecosystem and understanding the cultural values of each of those people that you represent in other foreign soils. Thank you so much, Kitesh, for uh, spending this time with us and sharing some beautiful moments, simple yet effective, thought-provoking ideas for our listeners to consider. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank you. And listeners, it is uh, your opportunity to carve your own next steps, listening to some of these very successful, endearing, hu humble, and uh, most beautiful conversations that we're having with Career Elevations. Hope uh, you have been able to uh, get excited as much as I have in terms of what I will take from Gitesh's uh, stories and anecdotes to be able to represent myself in my career and in my opportunities. So once again, thank you so much, Gitesh. You have just listened to Tall Radio Podcast. For more podcasts, visit www.touchalife.org.